Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Yo, Beth, what's up? Yo, girl, hey. Hey, girl, dumpster fire. I know. <laughs> it's Beth's name at the end, bottom of my screen. She called herself dumpster fire. That's true. Because <laughs> today was a dumpster fire, getting me to, to log in and also my day. <laughs> well, we all have those days every now and then. So let's hmm. pray that. Let's pray that they get better soon. Exactly. <laughs> I'm 80-20 dumpster fire, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? Anything else? Um, you know, just like my kids are going back to school in April, so they tell me. So exciting. Is it? I don't know if it's really gonna happen. Well, oh I'm well, comfy I guess. in my dumpster fire at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Well, I pr- I hope it happens just so that you can have a little bit of peace and quiet for short amount of, short amount of times. So that I won't text you. There's a dumpster fire and we're about to record. <laughs> I'm going to be late. <laughs> well, actually, it's more It's more that selfishly I want you to just text me more because I feel like I miss you lately. Oh. Because <laughs> you're busy. And I get it. But I'm not busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Live your life. Whatever. My kids are in school full time. Well, except for Mondays. And my oldest started track practice. Yeah. And right now the highlight of my day is when he comes home and I can laugh at him at how he like has to be an old man when he sits in the couch and not be able to get up. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's so sore. He's been taking well, he he's done this before, but he's been taking Epsom salt baths every oh. night. Cute. Number one. Number two, the other day I came down I don't, well, I think I came down from up from downstairs or down from upstairs, and he had the massager that you bought me for Christmas a couple of years ago, like that portable kind of like <laughs> just like on your back massager. You can move it all over. Anyway, yeah, it gives you a hug, man. Yeah, you put your arms in it and wrap it around yourself. <laughs> you put your arms in it. You you put your there's little like holders for your arms so that you can like pull it hold it down so it's like get, really Amazing. getting that part of your back. It's awesome. Um. But he literally was sitting in the chair because it's kind of in the corner of our living room, plugged in all the time for anybody who wants to need some massage every now and then. Wow. He legitimately ha- was putting it on every part of his body. Like when I walked down, he like had it across his lap, like <laughs> his like quads. Then he had it on his back. Then he had it up on, on his upper back, his lower back. It's like he was all over the place. You poor little teenager. You need to buy him a ring fit. yeah limber him right up and he's like in the best shape like he's in pretty decent shape but it's like oh my gosh he's beautiful not worked this hard ever i don't think like we were just talking about it on our walk today how hard he is working and it's just been five days (laughs) yeah what kind of track is it like cross track and field track or Mm -mm, track and field so he's been running like 400s or whatever like a 40 yard dash uh he said he was he did the long jump the other day to give it a try. Like he's trying to figure out like where he belongs. Yeah, you know my husband was a pole vaulter. Oh, they asked him and he said no, no, thank you. <laughs> really? Is he yeah, afraid I, of heights? I think you know, that yeah. would be scary. I would be afraid of the stick breaking and mm-hmm. impaling me. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that's what I'd be afraid of too. <laughs> it's really morbid, but it's where I go. Yeah. No, I agree. I'd be afraid of it too. Yeah. I did track too. And I quit because my coach made me do hurdles one time without ever doing hurdles. And I'm like 90 inches tall. And so <laughs> did not go well. I mean, obviously I'm real tiny. <laughs> Do you live in a fairy garden? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Jumped over a pine cone and ate my rear end. So (laughs) So you quit quit. track. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) My career went to like 10th grade. Yeah, well, it it went somewhere. It went where it needed to go. and and Perhaps your boy will do better. I didn't have the massager, so. Yeah, exactly. And he's doing it as like an off-season to football, like to help with speed and That's agility. And all that. I love him so much. He also wrote our beat. Uh, yeah, he did. He definitely <laughs> that the hell out of that thing. Yes. <laughs> and do you know we were in the car and my phone, I, you know how sometimes whenever you jump into your car and you have the Bluetooth and it automatically will start playing like the last thing that you played? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, clicked onto like our hosting site when I went into the car last time and my um, nine-year-old was in the car and he was like, oh, I like the song. And it was totally the intro beat that he wrote. And I was like, dude, your boy wrote this. (laughs) He totally made this beat for us. He was like, shut up, play it again. (laughs) I'm going to have to let him know. He'll be. Yes. Yeah. He totally was into it. So it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. It's warm and fuzzies. <laughs> nice, nice warm and fuzzies before we get into this crazy murder cruise. Give it to me. <laughs> You're ready for it already? I think so. Okay. All right, cool. Um, this one was, well, I, I felt it was a little bit more high profile than we normally do, but because it's um, it was recently in the news, but maybe some people don't know about it. I sure didn't know about it, and I live near where this occurred, so give it to you now. It is Bobby, the case of Bobby Joe Stinnett. She was born Bobby Joe Potter on December 4th, 1981 and grew up in the northwest corner of Missouri. 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 And her name is Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. I know. I Very thought about southern. You. Yeah. When I started <laughs> this case, I'm like, this is a total Beth case just based on the name. <laughs> It's like a Texan case, like Baba Joe. Exactly. Um, so this is a small town that she lives in that's about – it's about five hours actually from where we live currently. And she graduated from Nodaway Holt High School in 2000 and married her high school sweetheart, Zeb Stinnett, in 2003. I also graduated in the year 2000. I also got married in the year 2003. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's some there's some correlations here. Okay, Bobby Joe. Yeah. So in 2004, they were renting a small little cottage, as they like to call it, in Skidmore, Missouri, which is a tiny town of about 342 people at this time. Whoa. Yeah, like legit tiny. They were happily married and were getting ready to welcome their first child, a little girl. And they had their own dog breeding business called Happy Haven Farms. Isn't that cute? Cute. They bred rat terriers, which I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound like a dog that I want. It sounds little 
and but I don't know what that is. I know what a, a terrier is. is. Yeah, they're usually like little small yippy dogs. But oh, <laughs> judge much. <laughs> So Bobby Joe worked out of their little home and they were saving up to get out of their rental to buy their own house. And she was a very well-liked woman and people would say that she would, did not have a mean bone in her body. Bobby Joe had been emailing with a lady named Darlene Fisher about the adoption of one of the puppies that she had available. So they made plans to meet on December 16th of 2004. Bobby Joe was very close to her mother, Becky, and would often pick her up from work. And so that day she had told her mom that she had plans to meet someone about the dogs and that she would come get her from work around 3.30. At 2.30, Becky called Bobby Joe to make sure she was still good to pick her up, just in case her appointment was taking a little bit longer than she had thought. But Bobby Joe was assured her, nope, I'm good to go. Like, she's here now, but I'll still be there. Well, 3.30 came and went, and Bobby Joe had not shown up to pick up her mom. So Becky called, and there was no answer. Becky only worked just a few blocks away from their house, so she just walked right on over to Bobby Joe's house to check on her. And when she got there, the front door was open, so she went in and called for Bobby Joe. As she walked into the dining room, she saw the most horrific sight any mother could imagine. Bobby Joe was lying on the floor, motionless, in a pool of blood. She immediately calls the police and explains that she needs an ambulance because her daughter, who's eight months pregnant, who is eight months pregnant, looks like her stomach has exploded. Oh, Bobby- my, you didn't say that. When I was this explaining to you. Eight months pregnant. <laughs> I did. I said she, well, I didn't say she was eight months pregnant, but I said she was expecting, they were expecting their first child. Okay. Okay. She's eight months pregnant. I'm sorry. I did mention she was expecting a child though. Pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) So Bobby Joe was strangled and the baby, her and Zeb had been so looking forward to welcoming into the world was gone. Oh my Right out of it. So this homicide quickly turns into an, a missing persons case as well. And they all, all they really had was a name, the name Darlene, and the description of a vehicle that was in the area around the time of the crime by a neighbor because her mom knew she was meeting this Darlene Fisher person. And the neighbor, when they started asking questions, was like, oh, well, I saw a car, but I didn't think anything of it. It was just, you know, in the area and they adopt dogs out all the time and have people come in and out. Oh my gosh, it was a fetal abduction. So they don't, you know, they initially wanted to send an Amber Alert out, but it was denied because they were like, well, this child wasn't born yet. We don't have a description. We don't have a height. We don't have a weight. We don't have the clothes last seen in. We don't have any identifiable marks. Like nobody's ever seen this baby before to say, this is what the Amber Alert is going to say. So, Oh my God. Yeah. The lead officer in the case pushes and eventually Congressman Sam Graves approves the Amber Alert. And so now they're asking people to keep an eye out for a newborn with possible health issues because they don't know because, I mean, technically she's a month early Um, and they don't know how the birth went. So she could have some issues going on. And she has a newly uh, newly cut umbilical cord and possibly have bloody clothing. 
because again, clearly she was taken from her mother's womb. So they have no idea what, what she's going to look like. So according to investigators, Lisa, um, not Lisa, I'm sorry. Bobby Joe. Say, who's Lisa? <laughs> Bobby Joe did have hair in her hand, which indicated that she tried to fight back. So it was somebody else's hair in her hand. So that hair was collected to be tested. In the meantime, police are checking Bobby Joe's computer and another dog breeder from North Carolina, another connection here, mm-hmm. somehow gets wind of the events and tells police. I'm not really sure how she like knew to contact the police about this, but anyway, it's it was written in multiple places that she let, tells the police, like, check her chat groups that we're a part of. We're a part of this big chat group. Like, it's a little community, rat terrier breeders. We all chat in this. So they come across the messages between Darlene Fisher and Bobby Joe about meeting up that day. And the messages reveal that Darlene is from Fairfax, Missouri, which would be about 30 minutes from Skidmore. So they start searching for a Darlene Fisher in Fairfax, Missouri, only to find out that there is zero Darlene Fishers in that area. So Using some computer forensics, they trace the domain name used in the communications to Melvern, Kansas, which is about two and a half hours from Skidmore, Missouri. And the demo- domain name is registered to Lisa Montgomery. Here's where Lisa comes in. Sorry. Enter Lisa. Okay. Accidentally entered her earlier. Freudian but- slip. So around the same time that this is unraveling, a tip comes into police about a woman in Melbourne walking around with a newborn baby. (laughs) So clearly the news is out and they're like, if anybody sees, you know, the Amber alerts out and they're like, oh, well, there's this lady in Melbourne that's walking around a newborn baby that we didn't know would have a newborn baby at this point. So police immediately head to Melbourne. And they head to Lisa's house because they've already tracked her through her domain name. They get there and see a car that matches the description that they had gotten from the neighbor. And they knock on the door and Kevin Montgomery answers, who is Lisa's husband. And when they take a look inside, they see Lisa on the couch with a newborn baby in her arms. And they explain that they are there to investigate the murder of Bobby Joe Stinnett. And they asked about the baby, and she just said that she had just given birth at a women's clinic in Topeka the day before. But the police are 100% convinced that this is the baby that they're looking for based on the computer domain tracing and all that. Right. They will let you out the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, see, See, now, I don't know these things, but I'm just assuming that they don't let you out the next day. No, two days maybe, but the next day. Right. Okay. So they asked to speak to Lisa and she's like, all right, um, I'll talk to you, but can we step outside for a minute? And so they go outside because she didn't want her husband to hear what she was about to say to them. They had had been having financial difficulties. So she didn't have the baby in the clinic. This is what she's telling the police. She had her in their home to save money, but she didn't want her husband to worry. So she just told him that she had the baby in the clinic. She said they th- that she threw the placenta away into a nearby creek. Elisa. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's what you did. You had the baby in your kitchen, say, and you're like, oh, let me just take this placenta and drive over the creek and toss it in there because I don't want my husband to know I had the baby at home. Like, what? To save money. To save save money. Save, money saver. Because well, I mean, the husband was not going to be like, you were pregnant and then you had a baby and you were never in the hospital and where's your placenta? <laughs> <laughs> this is the like. Strangest story that I feel like somebody could have come up with. But the police wanted to discuss this further. And so Lisa said, all right, fine. Can we at least go to the sheriff's office and talk about this? So they go to the sheriff's office and then she immediately confesses to killing Bobby Joe <gasps> and taking the baby from her womb and kidnapping her. And after the break, we will take a oh. closer look at Lisa Montgomery. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. All right, guys, guess what? March 30th is our one-year anniversary of doing this podcast. We are super, super excited to celebrate, and we are going to drop an episode that week on the 29th, but it's going to be a little bit of a different format, and we're going to need your help with that. So be on the lookout on social media for a survey that will ask you guys to vote for what topic you would like us to research for that specific episode. And Beth and I will just do a few different stories on that topic for that one. Also, if you vote for a topic, you will be entered into a drawing to be on that episode with us, to record with us, to interact with us, to be our other host for the day. So we're super excited to do that with you. Um, so be on the lookout for it, and maybe we'll come up with other ways to enter to win too. But just just check social media uh, for further information. Thanks, guys. All right. Are you ready to hear Lisa's story and her background? Now that I'm we know, so she's ready that she's maybe a fetal abductor. Yes. <laughs> I'm so because into I it. I just said that. I'm so into fetal abductors and it's awful. It is awful. Okay. So according to Lisa, she had a pretty rough childhood. She claims to have been sexually abused by her stepdad and his friends, but no one seemed to believe her when she tried to tell them. She apparently was quite the liar and when she and she was also a little bit manipulative. So people just when she said something necess- didn't necessarily believe her. <clears throat> so if it's true, I can only imagine what that does to a little girl. Like, you know, I get it. Kids lie, whatever. But when you are actually telling the truth, I can't imagine what it would be like to be sexually abused and not be believed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Lisa marries, as she's older, clearly, Carl Bowman, and they have four children together. And at some point after her fourth child, around 1994, Lisa had a tubal ligation which I had to kind of look this up because, I mean, I know what it is. But they kept talking about how she had it caught – she was – it was cauterized for her. So I guess there's where they cut it or they tie it off or somehow, but then there's like where they burn it. Well, she had it burned. 
which I guess is more effective. Apparently. Yeah, no going back. Won't grow back. Because mm-hmm. when you just tie it off, it can grow back together or something. I don't know. I, I, I looked it up and now I don't remember. But anyway, she had it cauterized. So in 1998, Carl and Lisa divorce, and Lisa soon meets Kevin, Kevin Montgomery, and remarries in 2000. And she apparently fakes several pregnancies. The first one she faked was in 1994 with her ex-husband, Carl. And the next one she fakes is in 2000, just before she marries Kevin. She tells Kevin that she wants an abortion because they're not married yet. And he's just like, okay, fine. Gives her the however much money it is for it and doesn't ask any questions and just allows her to do it. In 2002, she claims to be pregnant again, even goes to doctor's appointments. But Kevin is never allowed to attend these appointments because clearly it's for a fake pregnancy. So why would she want him to come? And after several months, she claims to have miscarried and says that she donated the body to science. And The baby's you know, body? Yes, the baby's body, the miscarried baby's body. And clearly Kevin, I guess, just, again, doesn't ask any questions. Is just there supporting his grieving wife. And at this point, oh, so the last time she claims she's pregnant is in 2004, which is when she takes Bobby Joe's baby. Where are her four other kids? So they were with her. This is what I'm about to get to. She's in a custody battle, though, with her ex-husband, Carl, over two of the four children because those two don't want to live with her anymore. I'm sure maybe because she's exhibiting some mental illness and they're just kind of like, we want to get out of the situation. I don't know the reasons, but she's in a custody battle with him. And Carl already has temporary custody of them. Because they don't want to live with Lisa anymore and they have to, it's pending like the court hearing and everything. And Carl knows Lisa has had this tubal ligation and that she has been not been pregnant any of those times. But he's just keeping his mouth shut because he's like, that's Kevin's problem now. Like, I don't got to deal with her. You know, like he's just keeping yeah. it. But at this point, he's like, all right, well, now I can kind of use this to prove that she's a little bit crazy and unfit to be the kid's mother and I should get custody. So he's planning to use this against her in the court. And I think that this must have been the breaking point for Lisa. Um, Because all of the other times, it just seems like maybe she needed or wanted a little bit of attention at the time. So she pretended and then said, okay, I miscarried or, you know, whatever happened. Like she never took it to the point at which she's taking this pregnancy. And, but she's like, okay, now I'm about to lose my other kids. So I need, I need to get a baby. Like I need to prove that this isn't fake. So according, yeah, (laughs) to some sources, Lisa was also a dog breeder. So she was a part of all of these chat groups and had even been to the same dog show as Bobby Joe at some point. Um, there's actually a picture floating around somewhere that shows the two of them at the same dog show, whether they like met face to face or they were just in this group shot and didn't like, hadn't met each other. But there was, there is a picture wow. of them at the same dog show. Um, Bobby Joe was not hiding her pregnancy, was not hiding her pregnancy online. She posted it all the time. She was talking about it in chat groups. There was a picture of her on her website, pregnant. So Lisa found the perfect out for her custody battle with Bobby Joe. She could actually bring a baby home and prove she was pregnant if it all went as planned. And 
So that's when she posed as Darlene Fisher to get a meeting with Bobby Joe. And when she went to the meeting, she brought with her a knife, rope, and a home birthing kit. What that is, I do not what know. What that is, I have no idea. That's just what is stated in articles, and I don't know what you would consider a home birthing kit. I mean, I would imagine like towels and um, – If it's not an epidural, I am not interested. Yeah. <laughs> in it. No. Towels? And she, and, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm just – I have no idea what, what a home birth is. So she had even searched and watched videos on how to perform a cesarean section. <gasps> mm-hmm. This is on her computer. Did she do that? So we all know what happened at that meeting. She brutally murdered and stole Baby Joe's, bo- not Baby Joe, Bobby Joe's <laughs> baby from her womb. Bobby Joe's Baby Joe? Yeah. And according to the coroner, Bobby Joe did not die with the initial strangulation. So she strangled her, started, she was just knocked out at that point. And then when Lisa cut into her stomach, she came to. Oh, my gosh. And started to fight again for her life and her baby's life. And so then Lisa strangled her again. And then there was evidence of – there was just evidence of multiple strangulations at this point. Like you can see. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, just sick. Awful. She went home with the baby, and when she gets to town, she calls Kevin and says that she had had the baby while out running errands and needs him to come pick her up. How did she fake being nine months pregnant? She just started wearing baggy clothes and like I, – I, I don't – I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that she was po- pooching out her stomach. Like, but yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. So he comes to pick her up and on, in a long John Silver's parking lot, by the way. And oh, wow. let's, let's just take a second here and – Talk about how when we did Serial Killer September, we noticed how often there's like a fast food reference. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the fast food reference that we haven't had in a while. So he picks her up from the Long John Silver. The next morning. What was she doing there? How did she explain like I just had a baby and then I went to go get some fish filet? I don't know. I don't know. I really – I honestly don't know. There's like – those are the little like parts, like details that it's like this – this guy did not yeah. ask questions, <laughs> Kevin. Why? Kevin, what were you doing at Long John Silver's and why did you have the baby in the parking lot? Like, anyway. Okay. So the next morning, they bring the baby to the local diner to show her off to friends and the people in town because that's what you do when you have a baby. And later that day is when police came knocking on the door and lucky, luckily were able to place that poor baby back with her father who was grieving the loss of his beloved wife. So within a day, this baby is reunited, which is a freaking miracle. And the baby was fine? Yes. Went to the wow. hospital. Totally fine. Awesome. Well, good. Yes. Lisa was arrested and charged with a federal offense, kidnapping resulting in death. If she's convicted of this, she faces life or the death penalty. Throughout her trial, they're clearly trying to paint her as a crazy as crazy and delusional, which I mean, that's immediately where my mind goes like you have to be delusional and completely mentally disturbed to do something like this. And they even tried to say that she actually believed that she was pregnant. 
which is called pseudocyesis. Mm-hmm. How you say that? Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. But they proved this to be false because I guess those people like actually believe they're pregnant and they go to doctor's appointments and they like believe that they're there. And when they say there's no baby that like they don't hear that, they're just literally 100% in their mind believe that they're pregnant, even though they're being told they're not. I mean, mm. I, is what I gathered from that. But they proved it was false because of all the planning that she did with internet ser- searches and the tools that she brought with her. And also because she stated that she had a tubal ligation when she was questioned. So if she knows that she's had this procedure and that she can't get pregnant, then – And she she knew she had to steal a baby. Right. And she's making up all – like she's not letting her husband go to doctor's appointments. Like if you believed you were pregnant, you would bring that – your significant other along, I would assume, most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. So on October 22nd, 2007 – she was found guilty, and on October 26th, the jury recommended the death sentence, and the judge formally sentenced her to death. After an appeal, a judge upheld this ruling in April of 2008. So we're like four years out. Four years from then, in March of 2012, the Supreme U.S. Supreme Court denied a petition that she had placed saying that the lower courts made a mistake. So she was trying to say that they all, like the the lower courts, you know, convicted her, but they all made this mistake. But the U.S. Supreme Court upheld that conviction and the sentence. And she was sent to a federal medical center in Fort Worth, Texas. After her. Why was she sent to Texas? I don't don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Except that it's a medical center, like, you know, for, you know, maybe there isn't that many federal ones that, and that was the closest one. I don't know. After her initial conviction, she was evaluated and it was decided that she did have psychosis and bipolar disorder and PTSD, likely stemming from her traumatic childhood. Not surprising. She remained in Texas until she was transferred to the site of her execution. She was set to be executed by lethal injection at the U.S. penitentiary penitentiary why can't I say that one? That's another one I can't say. <laughs> in Terre Haute, Indiana, on December 8th, 2020. But due to her attorney getting COVID-19, her oh, execution wow. was delayed. And on December 23rd, a new date was given. That was to be January 13th, 2021. On January 1st, a federal judge granted a stay saying that her mental competence should first be tested because they wanted to be sure that she understood the grounds for her execution because she didn't seem to be showing that she understood that in prison. Mm-hmm. If you see some pictures of her from prison, she looks like this happy-go-lucky person, like the world is great. <laughs> like I'm mm-hmm. going to post one of these pictures. I'm like, you're literally on death row and you're just like, hey, how's it going? Take my picture. Like, mm-mm. Wow. Okay. Anyway. So the Supreme Court vacated that stay, and Lisa Montgomery was executed by lethal injection on January 31st, I mean 13th, 2021, at 1.31 a.m., and she was the first female federal prisoner to be executed in 67 years. Wow. Yes. So she was just executed. This is why I was like, this is a little bit more high profile, because it was in the news that she was executed two months ago. 
the right. first female in 67 years. So seven years, like federal, ever, essentially in our lifetime. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So gosh, I, I mean, people were trying to get her a stay for like, I, I don't even know what, I mean, I think I've said this before. I'm not really sure I know where my, what my stance is like in, in a broad, you know, spectrum of the death penalty. Yeah. But I trust the courts, I want to say. And like, this was a heinous crime. Awful. And I don't know that there's anything that anybody, her friends and family could have said that would have been like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't execute her. Like after they had already decided based on all of that evidence. Hmm. But anyway, a little bit of a lighter side of this. Jeb, not Jeb, Zeb. Zeb, I'm having trouble with these names. Zeb named the baby Victoria Joe. And because Bobby had picked up out Victoria while she was pregnant. And of course, he wanted to honor her with the middle name Joe. So, Victoria Joe. And also, a few little interesting tidbits Skidmore, Missouri is a haunted town. I watched a couple of shows on this. It was, um, called watch I watched no one saw a thing sorry that was the series it's a Sundance Network series and I can't remember how many episodes there were maybe like seven or eight or something like that and so like one and a half were dedicated to this because the whole series is about Skidmore Missouri and all of the murders that happened and this is a town of 342 people and they made a freaking series about the awful things that happen in that place. And I, I mean, actually, that's smaller than our schools. Right. Like yeah. elementary schools are smaller than 300 and, or bigger than 340 some people. Yeah. No kidding. And so I want to go back and watch like all of the other cases and see if there's another one that we can cover from from one of those things. But it's like all these missing and murdered people from Skidmore. And she lived across the street from what I remember, because I was like episode five and six. And so I was like halfway out of another case that they had been talking about. And they were like talking about this guy walking down the street and how he was like, oh, I'm looking at this guy's house who just went missing. And there across the street is where Bobby Joe Stinnett lived. <laughs> and you're like, what? Huh? <laughs> so anyway, I want to go back and watch it. Also, Bobby Joe Stinnett was the third death or at least death slash disappearance in four years and with her family. A cousin of hers had been stomped to death by a boyfriend in 2000, and another one just Stomped to death? Stomped to death. That's what it said. Stomped. Oh, my. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. And the last little tidbit that I'd like to mention is that Kevin Montgomery remained married to Lisa until she died by lethal injection. That's one devoted, non-questioning husband. Wow. Okay. Okay, Kevin. And there you have the story of Bobby Jostinet <laughs> and Lisa so, Montgomery. I just was telling my daughter this the other day. You know, she named they named the baby Victoria. Mm-hmm. When I was little, I wanted my name to be Victoria. <laughs> I was just telling my daughter this the other day. Oh my she, gosh. Yeah, she was like, "Do you like your name?" 
I like my name. Do you like your name? And I was like, I like my name now. But when I was little, I wanted to be named Victoria. And I wanted people to call me Tori. Oh, that's cute. Isn't it? I like Tori. Tori Joe. Tori Joe. <laughs> wow. That story is freaking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I really like fetal uh, – I love – hate fetal abduction stories. I don't even know that I've heard that many of them. I, know I find them extremely fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think it is a really special kind of crazy. Well, yes. To try to benefit so fully because when you get a baby, right, you're benefiting so – it's a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. And to, to to do it in that way is like – fascinating. I mean, it's the sickest thing I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I was, I, I was appalled the entire time I was reading. I tried not to read too many articles only because it said the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, I don't really want to read how she strangled and ripped this baby from her womb. No. <sighs> Especially Thank God the she- baby lived. I, I know. They actually said she's like a miracle baby because she shouldn't have. Because she had no medical training to do this appropriately, like sterilizing anything, anything. Anyway, she was severely mentally disturbed. I agree. Anyway. Well, okay. There's that. Mm-hmm. And story. I, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention this in the beginning. Normally I do. This was a suggestion from Jamie. A listener and friend who I'm hoping – You did say it was a friend, but you didn't say Yes. Thank you, Jamie. Yes. And hoping that she moves into our neighborhood. Um, (laughs) She's moving here soon. So thank you, Jamie, for introducing me to that, even though I should have known because it was in the freaking news. (laughs) I've never heard of it. That was a wacky story. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Thank you, Christy. Yep. No problem. Okay. Well – Wow. I am actually really interested in seeing these pictures. So I really hope you guys check us out on social media because I'm sure Christy is going to post away for you. So check us out. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. We have merch for you if you want to come and get some merch. There's some great things there. If you want to come and check it out, you can click the link in bios that we have and find a page or message us and we'll send it to you. Send us your taglines of you guys saying our tagline and check out the very end of this episode because we have a really sweet listener. Our good friend Joni has sent us in. Yes, has sent us in a recording of her tagline and we're going to play it for you. She is going to be the end of the end for this crazy episode. So check it out and always send in your suggestions. They're always great. This one was great. We love them all. So please send them in for 2021 because we're getting our lineup scheduled out. So we want to hear from you and know what you guys want to hear us tell because we like that. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet. Always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets.